You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And this is Pain.tv slash gold. All right, let's delve back into this, folks. This wonderful CBC News piece. Really good stuff. And we're about to get into something very interesting here, something that is very important. A little look into the mind of Howard Scott. It says, Technocracy believed that in a world that revolved around science and technology, only people with proven expertise in those areas should be responsible for its governance, meaning only the scientists and engineers should have power. It says that excluded all the usual suspects, business people, lawyers, bankers, academics, none of whom had the practical skills the modern age demanded. Now, here is a little look into the thought process, the worldview of Howard Scott. And this is very, very important. Because this is the mentality that drives people like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk. It says, quote, those who create a civilization will eventually dominate it, Scott proclaimed in a speech in Winnipeg. Now, let me just go back and I'm going to read this in full. Those who create a civilization will eventually dominate it. The engineers and mechanics created this civilization and will eventually dominate it. Technocracy was building a technological army of the functionally competent. And that's really, really important because he admits to what I talk about, that they engineered this problem and now they will offer the solution, which is more of the problem. So the technology, the machinery, the robotics, the artificial intelligence creates the problem of the replacement of humanity. And the solution is more technology, robotics, artificial intelligence, and machinery to manage the humans themselves. Right? So they create the problem, and then they offer the solution. It is very authoritarian, folks. They want to run the entire system. And I, and I just keep telling you, the scientists and the engineers are definitely not. Now, look, we talk about the business people, the lawyers, the bankers, and the academics. You don't really want them running society either. But you don't want the scientists and the engineers to do this because everything will be looked at as a problem. And you, you human, are inefficient. And so you will be weeded out of the equation, folks. I'm telling you. I am telling you, you see it, you see it. Everything that Elon Musk and these guys talk about is engineering humanity to make them more productive, more efficient. That's why they're messing around with the DNA splicing, why they want to grow the babies in the synthetic wombs. Remember all the shows we did, the real war on women, telling women that their womb is inefficient and so they need to grow the babies inside the synthetic wombs? This is a world run by scientists and engineers. It goes on to say, this meant there would be no room and no need for democracy. 
all the normal functions of government, education, health, sanitation, public safety, would be run by experts chosen by their peers. Doctors would vote for the person in charge of the health care system. Teachers for the person who'd run the schools and so on. There would be a cabinet made up of about 100 of these experts, and they would select a continental director to oversee the whole thing. This was how technocracy planned to overcome its core complaint with democracy, that it led to too many incompetent people being in charge, or that too many people made bad decisions because they lacked the necessary expertise or were motivated by profit, ambition, or something else that would lead them astray. Right, But that is what humanity is, and that is why I'm telling you, think of it this way. Once they take uh, and create this panel of these directors that would then hire the experts in these areas, right? That's basically what committees and stuff that Congress puts together anyway. Well, within the scientists and engineers, and this is the problem with any utopia, you would then have to believe that the scientists, engineers, and technologists are operating on goodwill and that they are actually good people and that they are not motivated by profit, ambition, or something else. So you'd have to believe that Elon Musk and Peter Thiel are operating completely out of goodwill, and as these benevolent dictators, these benevolent oligarchs that get put in charge of these various sectors of government. You'd have to believe that. This is why the answer to it is freedom and liberty, uh, basically anarchy, leave me the hell alone, or uh, bring all government back down to the local level. But that's not what this is about. This is concentrating power under the technate. And so the scientists and engineers will run everything. And I'm telling you, this is about what will happen is because they believe, uh, and I think you saw a little of this with Jeffrey Epstein. You're starting to see some of this come out with Elon Musk. Because they believe that the scientists, the engineers, and the technologists are the smartest people out there, the ones who are trained, designed, or have the DNA to understand engineering and be able to run this system, that that's where the idea of eugenics eventually comes in. That's where the idea of the DNA splicing, the growing of the kids in the synthetic wombs, merging with AI, uploading your consciousness, having an AI hive mind. It's because they want to create the perfect human. This is like the, the Nazi supreme race stuff that everyone will be programmed and DNA spliced and created inside a synthetic womb. So it will end up being an entire population of scientists and engineers because you're going to continue to need them to run this giant system, as they would call it, a big system. We call it the state, but they call it the system. All right, this is a graph up here, a chart. It says, administration chart of the North American technate. It says, in the technate, all the normal functions of government would be run by experts chosen by their peers. They would select a cabinet called the Continental Board, which would then choose a Continental Director. And so, in this chart at the top, you have the Continental Director. Beneath it, you have the Continental Board. All right, then under the Continental Board, you have the special sequences. So you have armed forces, continental research, social relations, foreign relations. And then below that, you have a section which is area board, uh, area control, uh, each of them. And then it goes off into the service functions and industrial functions. And so this is how they're going to run the entire system.
It goes on to say this idea was not new. Plato believed society functioned best when it was run by experts. Technocracy's focused on engineers was rooted in the conviction that there was a technological fix to almost all of society's problems. Today, the idea that governments are too slow, too inefficient, too lacking in expertise to solve hard problems is widely shared among the engineers and entrepreneurs of Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, which I remind you, was built up with government cash, all right? Built up with government cash, CIA and QTEL money pumped into Silicon Valley. That's why I tell you that this idea of the technocracy or the idea of the techno-fascist king coming out of Curtis Yarvin and Peter Thiel, this is in cooperation with the so-called government. The state is actually funding this. The state wants to evolve into the technocracy. This is not a battle of people in the so-called, let's call it technocracy, Inc. Let's still call it that today. This is not technocracy, Inc. battling against these uh, government officials representing the Constitutional Republic. The Constitutional Republic is dead. They want to merge into this idea of a technocracy, which will be a one-world rule under this technological system. It's obvious because if the government was actually fighting for power, if the government really saw the technocracy as a threat or that ideology as a threat, just like the whole fake January 6th thing we had to watch, so you watch the government supposedly fighting back against the insurrectionists, well, if the government really saw the technocracy as a threat, the government would defund Silicon Valley, if not roll in there with army tanks and blow the whole thing up, all right? So that's how you know that the government is 100% on board with moving into the technocratic system. And as I'll talk about with Jim from Hotwire, the technocratic system is exactly what the World Economic Forum advocates under the Fourth Industrial Revolution. It all ties together. It's all the same thing. And that's where the introduction of CBDC is going to come from, which is essentially the equivalent of these energy tokens. All right, it goes on to say, this libertarian impulse has always been part of the ethos of Silicon Valley. One of its first and most forceful expressions came in 1995, when tech pioneer John Perry Barlow delivered his, quote, declaration of the independence of cyberspace, end quote, to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, right? So there you have uh, this supposed libertarian out of Silicon Valley. That's the other trick of all this. These guys aren't libertarians, they're authoritarians. Right? And they're in cooperation and partnership with the government. The public-private partnership is one thing. It is the state. It goes on to say, quote, governments of the industrial world, you weary giants of flesh and steel, end quote. The declaration began, quote, I come from cyberspace, the new home of mind. On behalf of the future, I ask you for the past to leave us alone. You are not welcome among us. You have no sovereignty where we gather, end quote. And so I'm telling you, this is the beginning of where the government's uh, of the world shift into one government under this idea of technocracy. That is actually what you're, uh, what you're seeing here. And I'll um, pull this up for you, this 1995 John Perry Barlow Declaration. We'll see if we can get that for next show. 
uh, declaration. All right, I'm just taking a note there. It goes on to say, Silicon Valley's attitude towards government has become more accommodating since Barlow delivered his declaration, both out of choice and necessity. But there remains a conviction that, left to their own devices, tech companies are better able to solve problems in areas like transportation, education, and healthcare, where decades of government regulation have put a break on innovation. And so this is what I told you, right? That the government has outsourced these jobs, these sectors, to the technologists, to the science scientists, to the engineers. And that is why the public-private partnership is so important, because it is just one giant state. There are no two things. There is not the public sector or the private sector anymore. It's one giant thing called the state. And frankly, I think you can call it a technate at this point. It goes on to say, quote, there's a lack of focus on efficiency, end quote, lamented former Google executive chairman Eric Schmidt on a panel about government and technology in 2019, quote, the reason there's no innovation in government is there's no bonuses for innovation. In fact, if you take a risk and it fails, your career is over, end quote. Well, we know that they've developed programs now through MIT uh, and the CIA where you come in and you develop technology and get patents and you own a piece of those so they incentivize it and then the government takes their money and they float it out to all these guys who worked inside darpa who worked inside cia how many examples of that have we've seen in the research we've been doing here one of peter thiel's companies expanse was co-founded by one guy from the cia and one guy from darpa they leave supposedly to start this company and the money that they get to start it comes from DARPA or Peter Thiel's Palantir started with CIA money. So you see the government is really behind all of it. It's an illusion that the government is inefficient. The government is efficient. They want you to believe it's inefficient, but it's highly efficient because it has us all locked down. Look how fast they rolled out COVID land, the high school theater production. That was pretty damn efficient. Now, some of us said, no, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not following the dotted lines at the grocery store. But at the end of the day, they rolled that out almost literally overnight worldwide. That is highly efficient, which means that the public-private partnership was totally 100% in place and in sync prior to COVID land, the high school theater production actually kicking off. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. I'm going to kick myself off to a short break. I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, and this is pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, let's uh, try to work our way through the rest of this. I'm going to go a little long, I think, on this show because I'm going to wrap this up for you today. And this way we can review another article that is very important before we start with Jim of the Hotwire on Friday, folks. And we get into 
the financial system, the worldwide financial system, and how they are going to usher in CBDC. And it's very detailed. Jim is a very, very detailed individual. So as soon as this show is over, I'm expecting to open my email and to find 10,000 documents in it that I'm going to have to review quickly. All right, it goes on to say, this is the kind of overblown rhetoric we've come to expect from engineers and entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley and their insistence that governments should step aside in favor of true problem solvers is clearly self-serving. But the idea that we should be looking to experts rather than politicians for solutions to massively complex problems like a deadly pandemic or a climate emergency is gaining traction everywhere. Well, I don't look to politicians, uh, even the people that we supposedly elect, these representatives. I like when they really, really are in a gridlock and can't get anything done because that means we are safe. But there's never truly a gridlock, folks. You know this. These people are always scamming and scheming. Laws always pass every single day. If no laws pass, we'd be fine. We should just go there and undo like 100 laws a day, and then we'd be in a good place. So what they're trying to make it seem at this point is that the politicians are inefficient, inefficient, just like humans. And so let's let the technates, let's let the technocrats inside the technate take over. Goes on to say, quote, the idea of an apolitical world is appealing more and more to people, end quote, argues Ari Bartso, a senior researcher at the University of Zurich and a co-editor of a 2020 book called The Technocratic Challenge to Government. Quote, people are tired and they are put off by the commotion and the disagreement of representative politics, end quote, Bartso said, quote, so it's this appeal of an efficient, efficient, I told you, machine-like system where problems can be identified through evidence, facts, reason, rather than ideological beliefs. I think that a lot of people find that appealing, end quote. Now, here's the danger there folks i think you can see it it's pretty damn clear that is trust the science right all wrapped up in a bumper sticker slogan trust the science so it says where the problems can be identified through evidence facts reason rather than ideological beliefs well when they rig the so-called science the evidence facts reason that they use to base the public policy on is swayed by whoever created the research that goes behind the science right so they're saying this idea of an apolitical world is appealing yeah it's appealing to you you idiot if the benevolent dictator that you want is in charge but in today's world if it's a republican half the country is mad if it's a democrat half the country is mad so now they're going to sell you a benevolent dictator who is supposedly going to appeal to everyone? Well, if he doesn't appeal to you or 50% of you, you are literally stuck under this system, which is going to be an authoritarian system. At least in this country, with as much of a joke as the Constitutional Republic currently is, go back pre-Trump, and even if you were under Obama and you hated it, you still had relative freedom. I mean, there's never going to be absolute freedom or liberty. I'd love that. But that's not going to happen. So now they're going to sell you on this idea of accepting this technocracy managed by the scientists and engineers. But if you don't like it, guess what? You're screwed. Get up and go work at the factory. And here's your energy tokens. 
I, I mean, seriously, if people walk themselves into this, I, I'm hoping at some point that it will become quite obvious that the gig world and everything is all part of this technique. There are so many people that are pissed off. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of people on Facebook groups about Instacart, the grocery app, ripping off drivers. And they're saying they're greedy. Oh, now it just turns out it's a regular old corporation. They're greedy. I go on there once in a while and drop little comments and stuff trying to tell people this is all part of a plan, folks. This is technology. They, they go, oh, you're crazy. Okay, fine. Just believe that Instacart is a couple of greedy business owners ripping you off. Your whole life is going to be this now. The further you're driven into the technate. Goes on to say, Beatso has been studying the rise of, quote, technocratic, end quote, governments around the world, especially in Europe. In February 2021, Mario Draghi, an economist and former president of the European Central Bank, who had never held political office, was named Italian prime minister to help manage the country's post-pandemic economic recovery. Draghi is a technocrat chosen for the specific experience he brings to the job. Italians are fond of technocrats, especially when times are tough. And Draghi is the fourth technocrat prime minister there since 1993. You can also find cabinet-level technocrats in Greece, France, and Lebanon, among other countries. But none of them would be embraced by technocracy because they are still operating within the price system, still treating, quote, symptoms, end quote, not the disease. While the number of technocrats in government is on the rise, so too is the number of populist politicians who wear their lack of expertise like a badge of honor. During the 2020 U.S. presidential campaign, U.S. President Donald Trump mocked his opponent Joe Biden for saying he would, quote, listen to the scientists, end quote, when it came to managing COVID-19. Quote, if I listen totally to the scientists, end quote, Trump proclaimed, quote, We'd have a country right now that would be in a massive depression, end quote. But there's been a price for not listening to the experts. Countries run by populist leaders of various shades, particularly the U.S., Brazil, and the U.K., have recorded among the highest COVID-19 death rates. Again, this is written in 2021, so you're seeing a little of the misdirection propaganda here by bringing COVID in and using COVID as a way to frame up whether or not listening to the technocrats or listening to the so-called populist political candidates, of which in the end of the day, folks, come on, Trump was not that. Um, but th this is okay. I'm going to continue to read this because I think it's important because it puts it into context with what's going on today. Goes on to say, for long time, technocracy incorporated supporters like Ed Bleschmidt. The idea that anyone would question the science around the pandemic or anything else is mystifying. Quote, you can't argue with science and technology, end quote. He insisted, quote, science exists and scientific fact is fact. You can't have a political position about it. You have to recognize it and implement science, end quote. There you go. So that's an instrumental technocrat from the old days telling you that you should go along with whatever the scientists tell you to do under the pandemic. And then that was part of the pandemic. I was talking about that with Maria Albanese last night. Part of COVID land, the high school theater production was to sell the new bumper sticker slogan, trust the science. And when they're ready to roll out another worldwide pandemic, you will see that people will jump 
right back on board with it. They'll be tattooing Trust the Science on their forehead. Goes on to say, but as we've discovered during the pandemic, science can sometimes speak with many voices. And by definition, representative democracy requires a constant balancing act among competing interests. Governments have to listen to the scientists, but also to business people, parents, and others. Yeah, it's called representative government. Burnside believes that by insisting on finding the one correct solution to every problem, technocracy has presented a false dichotomy. Quote, there is not one type of scientific knowledge and no one way of governing social problems, end quote. Technocracy, which, give him a round of applause for that one, folks. Technocracy Incorporated began nearly 100 years ago by seeking answers to two important questions. Why, on a continent so rich in natural resources, energy, and industrial capacity, were so many people suffering? And how could democracy, with all its obvious imperfections, continue to function effectively in a world where science and technology played an ever more dominant role? Technocracy's answer to both those questions were bold, radical, overly complicated and wildly impractical today no one is talking about a north american technate or a 16-hour work week or replacing money with energy certificates but it would be wrong to dismiss technocracy incorporated as just another failed utopian scheme not while the answers to those two questions remains so elusive so let's just look at those two questions one more time Number one, why on a continent so rich in natural resources, energy, and industrial capacity were so many people suffering? And number two, how could democracy, with all its obvious imperfections, continue to function effectively in a world where science and technology played an ever more dominant role? Well, I think the answer to number one, folks, why on a continent so rich in natural resources, energy, and industrial capacity were so many people suffering? Well, I don't know. Didn't they just say that technology put people out of work? The machines put people out of work. The robots put people out of work. The AI will put people out of work. Is that one reason why these people are suffering? Everyone else who generally doesn't work is disabled, gets some kind of welfare, disability. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to distribute energy coupons to everyone. So it's just welfare for everyone. Is that going to make people less suffer? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. The other one, how could democracy with all its obvious imperfections continue to function effectively in a world where science and technology played an ever more dominant role? Well, as they said, the scientists and the technologists are building this system in which it forces people to have to adopt the scientists and technologists to be the ones to oversee that very system. So they've created a situation that allows them to rise to power, folks. And as this author says, no one is talking about a North American technate. Well, we're talking about a technique we're talking about the technocracy it's not just us talking about it these people are doing it the technologists the scientists the engineers the technocrats are building the technique they've been busy building the technique they just went around so-called representative government to get it done and now the government and the technocrats are merged and the technique is rising 
he mentions this 16-hour work week. Well, if you give everyone universal basic income, and somehow that's going to be enough to allow people to survive, then I guess they're going to probably lower themselves down to a 16-hour work week, because what reason do they have to actually go to work? Of course, that is universal basic income is not going to last forever folks you don't really believe that elon musk peter thiel and the rest of the gang are going to get up every morning greasing the wheels oiling the gears of the technocratic machine in order to pump out amazon goods to deliver to your door that you get for a trade-in on your energy coupons that they give you. And they're going to let you sit home and eat Lay's potato chips on your couch while you use up all their energy playing video games. That will never happen, ladies and gentlemen. This is the world you are moving into. They say right here that people are not talking about replacing money with energy certificates. Well, we will see what Jim of the Hotwire says about that. Because in all accounts, it looks like the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, is going to be the equivalent of these energy certificates. Of course, it'll be based on carbon credits, but that is going to be the same thing, folks. It is just semantics. So now you know a little bit about the history of technocracy, about Howard Scott, about Joshua Hadelman and Elon Musk connection and tie-in to the founding of this idea of technocracy, folks. Tomorrow, we will delve deeper into this so that you have a more solid understanding before we jump into our series with Jim of the Hotwire. Ladies and gentlemen, long live the technate. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.